Hello there, I'm Thomas Blay. I um, run the Points Performance Podcast, and today I'm joined by Jenna Platt. Hi, so my name is Jenna Platt. I'm a dual qualified nurse, so I am um, mental health trained and general adult trained. Um, I qualified 2009 um, as a general nurse, and then I went to Edinburgh to do some mental health training, so I qualified then in 2011. Um, my background is care of the elderly, it's end of life care, and um, that's a massive passion of mine um, to improve, you know, within care homes and help um, with management issues as well, um, predominantly. Um, and really, I guess just like the basics are really, really important to me. Um, you know, the tactile, the, the touching, the holding, the, the making sure someone feels important, you know, um, so that's, that's kind of me like that my passion is just making sure that all those basics are done because then we can build on those foundations then. Lovely. I mean, it sounds like you're a, a very, very caring, kind person, which is always like, for me, one of the most important like things about people. If I know that someone's caring and passionate, then it says a lot to me about somebody's personality. So cool. So it's definitely something you need as a nurse, isn't it? Yeah, and I think I think to be honest, I've answered this question um, with somebody yesterday. It kind of depends where you're looking at because I would describe myself as empath alpha female. So I'm super super emotional, but I'm also quite sassy as well. Um, yeah. So if it is that you are a resident, a relative, like you know, I can listen to you. I can take on board everything you're saying. I want to care for the, especially the people that don't have a voice. That's really really important for me. Um, however, if it is that you're maybe a member of staff who maybe isn't doing the job, um, I would be quite firm. And I think I've got a lot of experience where um, I've maybe clashed horns with some people because I don't feel that they are doing everything that's in the best interest of the individual. So I'd like to think I'm caring overall, um, but it would depend on how you look at that, whether it's from the, um, the individual's point of view, the staff members, or it is from the... Um, the resident's point of view really yeah well you need you need a you need a standard from your staff and that's just caring for your your patients isn't it really yeah so, yeah bigger picture yeah so today we're going to talk about uh, health mental health the lockdown how it's affecting people young old and everything in between um and a couple of other subjects as well um so as a nurse as a healthcare professional um, how have, how has this lockdown affected you and your work? Yeah, well, my so I I've got my own business, um, and my my twenty twenty should have been me taking some time off from being responsible for other people. Um, I was I should have been going around India. I should have been traveling. I was working on um, meeting new people and up upskilling myself for kind of marketing I guess for the business and um, that was what I wanted to do because I love meeting people I love meeting people I love I'm not religious but I love finding out about your history your background your stories your traditions so for me this was something like really really important because I from a young age I'd had quite a lot of responsibility so I started my nursery at 19 so 2020 was about me just taking a step back um, and I guess refilling that in my head, it's like, um, if you think about like a water butt, like a water butt of energy, like I just wanted to like really replenish myself and look after myself. Um, so I went away, there was talks in the news about COVID, um, but I went anyway, because I don't really listen to the news. I don't watch the news. Um, and then we got told that the airports were going to be closed so my husband was like, yeah, you, you need to come back now. So my like March, April, May, June, July. So my six month, five month trip was like three weeks. Um, so I came back and then I was actually really quite unwell. So because of COVID um, and everyone like wasn't really sure what was happening, it was all panic and hysteria and I hadn't been watching the news. So I was completely behind. Um, I didn't go to the hospital um, because I... I felt like there was more priority um, even yeah. though I was really quite unwell so then when I was well enough and after like the two weeks staying at home and and kind of isolating um, I came back into work and yeah the business had 
had dropped on its ass, to be honest. It had gone from um, over 100 courses a month to eight, um, while people kind of worked out what was happening. So we really had to adapt to how we were going to work and what this year was going to look like. Wow. Yeah. And I think it's a similar story for everybody. Like a couple, a few months into the year, everybody's business just went on its ass. really. You know, we, we closed the gym um, and carried on. We let, we gave all of, of our equipment out and do online classes. We do six online classes a day. We do nutrition chats um, we do challenges, we do all that sort of stuff to try and interact with our members as much as possible and keep them fit and healthy and keep them going mentally. Um, and luckily we've got such a great, um, we've got such a great membership. Like, you know, we've got, um, we're, we, we, we've lost a fair few members, but we've kept a vast majority of them. I think we've kept about 75% of them. Um yeah, we just got to keep them going. And now we're in this, we're in a third lockdown and they've still stuck with us. Um, so we're, we're very, very lucky. But I know like one of my friend's gyms, they had 150 members. And then after the first lockdown, we were down to 30, which is just destroyed them. It's just destroyed them. Yeah. Um, and I, I do not like the gym. I'm not going to lie. What I like is I like it once I've been to the gym and I'm like, oh, yeah, I did <laughs> yeah. it. That's what I like. Yeah. Um, I wish I could be one of these like yoga posy, gym shark, legging wearing, you know. Ooh, I think that that's like, carry on, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> like they seem to enjoy it. Like that seems like I wish I could be that person, but I'm not at all. Um, but the gym that I go to, so they do um, hit training and my session was at quarter past, uh, quarter to six. I'd, my alarm would go off at half five. My shoes and my trainers, sorry, and leggings would be like set out the day before. I'd roll out of bed, probably wouldn't brush my teeth, wouldn't brush my hair, get to the gym three minutes late. But it gave me a sense of achievement. It really helped my mood. Um, I was much happy with my body at that time. And I didn't realize at that time how much I took that for granted. Um, and I, I say I didn't like going to the gym actually I, I did I did and I miss it a lot yeah and miss the benefits it, it does set you up for your day like and um the mind and the body are the same thing and the healthier you are the the happier the more mentally sound you are um, yeah absolutely and one of the things that I really liked about the gym um in my area was there was all different people and you know we all had our own goals you know there was none of this, what I think sometimes people are intimidated about going in the gym. Like no one was like looking at each other because we're all struggling just as much. Like we're all trying to lift the weights. Yeah. And, not we're struggling. and I think that that's a big misconception, just like you mentioned earlier, like the Gymshack um, Insta chick with the big ass and the, you know, the fake boobs and stuff like that's not, that's just not real. Like that's just some chick with 50,000 followers on Instagram. Like the people who come to our gym, they're just they're just people, teachers, accountants, you know, mainly like from around 35 to 50 years old, mums and dads, you just want to stay fit and, and look good naked when they're healthy and they live longer, happier lives. Like that's, that's what our gym is all about. Um, so I, I just think that like, you know, the gym's been, the gym's taken a bit of flack from people, you know, places like the BBC. They've, you know, they've been like, oh, people don't need gyms anymore. People are happier training at home, which is absolute bollocks. It's, it's, it couldn't be further from the truth. And I think that the gym, um, I'm not saying that like you have to go to the gym to be healthy, but the gym is a very, very positive place for many, many people. Um, and as we've seen throughout this sort of situation, this, this Corona virus lockdown, um, having a, a good level of health is very, very value, valuable. And the people who don't have it a hell of a lot more worried than the people who are healthy yeah and I think um what you said then about the gym and you know doing it at home for me there's no accountability you know I haven't yeah. got someone saying Jenny didn't turn up on Sunday again I and I need that because I don't know if you listen to Mel Robbins but she talks about um we don't have anyone to parent ourselves so like as adults we don't have someone say pick up your rubbish and put your washing in like we have to think about that ourselves and I think that's 
that's what I miss the accountability of yeah I'm gonna go um and yeah with the health benefits what one thing I've always struggled with with whether it be the NHS or the private sector is the short-sightedness like the quick wins the easy wins and it's not been a right okay so we've got this group of people that are in the obese category how can we help them to get to a healthier weight um and if it was that we could help them with um like the gyms and things like that then that would help the nhs in the long run and i think that having this negative view and you know why would people want to go to the gym that's part of saving the NHS, is it not? Like that's yeah. long-term because then if we become less unwell, we then don't need treatment. Yeah. Obesity, heart disease, you know, the all of these things can be prevented. They are preventable things. And going to the gym, it's part of a healthy lifestyle. Lowering your body fat, increasing your muscle mass, it's a positive thing for everyone and anyone. However you do it, whether you do it going running yourself, you do lunges in your back garden, or you go to a gym and do it and you get more guidance and you know accountability. And I think if that was pushed, pushed more, like I'd, I'd only see it as a positive thing. It's because it's a positive thing for our businesses as well. And for me, I never I knew that when I started working in a gym, so I'm a I'm a across a level three CrossFit coach. I've, I've spent a lot of money and a lot of time educating myself. Like, I knew that I wasn't going to earn mega bucks, but what I really wanted to do was help people. Very similar to you, really. Like, I just wanted to help people in whatever, whatever way it was, whether they wanted to get stronger, leaner, fitter, they didn't want to die early, whatever it was. And I've helped, you know, hundreds of people like that so far in, in the past five, six years. I'm not in it to make money. I'm here to help people. And if we would get just a bit of positivity from the media, from the government to push people towards gyms, it could only be a good thing for the NHS and for the country. Because look at us, just go around Tesco. Everybody's in absolute clip. And if, sorry, if, if, any, if people don't know what it means, they are in a bad state. They are in a bad state. They are overweight, weak, tired, fatigued. And, you know, you've got to look at the things that come with that. You've got to look at the, the, the negative effects of that body type. Um, what do you, how do you feel about that? Johnny? Would you agree with that? Like, is it something you see? Yeah. Well? No, yeah, I absolutely completely agree. And for me personally, you know, I've put on, um, so my weight has fluctuated quite a lot um, throughout lockdown, really. I was so, so active. Not So I was going to the gym quite a lot and I was going yoga um, in the evenings. And I've got a dog who, you know, I was walking yeah. twice a day. But I was always busy. I was all, like in front of a classroom talking. Even then I'd be walking around. Um, and I said, like, as silly as it is, but we bought some tea and coffee canisters the other day online. Whereas normally you'd go to a shop, you'd walk to your car, you'd be picking things like all these movements that like little movements. Um, and so when we came out of the first lockdown, um, I had put up, gone up a dress size and I got some stretchy pants and stretchy jeggings. And I said to Rob, like, I'm not buying another pair because if I get comfy in these, like the only way is up. Um, so yeah, my, my body weight kind of fluctuated throughout and I've been, quite unhappy about it really um but there's like a block of I can't seem to like get over that block that mental block of get out of the funk get out of this fatigue um every time there's a lockdown announcement I call it my lockdowner I get a can of cider I order a kebab and I drag my knuckles around the place because I am miserable um and yeah, as much as I'm wanting to do all these things, and I know that I'm not happy. It's very difficult for me, who is extremely motivated and resilient, to get out of that cycle. Um, so yeah, that's that's been my personal experience right now. And although I, I talked a lot about weight, it's yes, I put weight on, but it, it's the self-esteem as well. It's it's you know how I feel about myself, and then how that impacts mental health um so 
yeah, I would definitely agree that there does seem to be a negative press right now, um, which is odd to say the least, because, you know, we've had conversations um, in the news about eating five vegetables a day, and I think it's seven now, um, how much exercise you should get and that gym memberships were actually on prescription at some point. And, and it's like, we forgot that. It's like, we forgot the basics. And that's why I probably said at the beginning of the intro about, you know, yeah, I'm not one of these ventilator nurses who have done an amazing job and I don't take that away from them. You know, I am like foundation where I'm like, let's get the basics right and then we can build on it. And I feel like the rule book has kind of like just been thrown out the window yeah. and we forgot, we forgot these things. If we, if we forgot that prevention is better than cure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'd rather, I'd rather be at the point where I'm like, I'm going to lose 5k, 10k, 20k <laughs> than I'm in shit state. My heart's exploding out my chest. Um, my arteries are completely clogged full of crap. Um, or like, and if, even if that hasn't happened yet, I can't move as well. I can't play with my kids because I get too tired. I can't be asked. My libido's in the in the gutter. I can't see my own dick. I'm unhappy. Like we need to get rid of this obesity normality. I I feel like it's it's. I know that's very very harsh thing to say, but it's it's a normal thing. That gut's a normal gut. The the it's it's just accepted and. Um, it's and that's dangerous. not about body. That's not about body shaming. That's it's nothing to do know. with body shaming. And like you know, people come in all shapes and sizes. People are tall, small, wide, whatever, long arms, short arms, whatever it is. You get all sort, all sorts of people in here. But health is undeniable. Yeah. And I think that if you've got a certain amount of body fat, and you've got a minimal amount of muscle mass. You, I don't need any scientific studies, even though there are hundreds of them, to tell me that you're in a bad shape and you're only going to hit like really, really severe health markers at some point in your life. Yeah, and I think that one of one of my superpowers in so when I do a transfer. I will. That's one of the questions that I ask, and one of my superpowers is having uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations, and that's probably why um, care of the elder, care of the elderly, and end of life care is meant so much to me because we don't have these conversations. There's an elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about it, and I always think that the worst time to have that conversation is at three o'clock in the morning after the event. Like we need to have it earlier. It's uncomfortable, but we need to have it, and I think that that's also been something that I've been attacked for a lot where it's almost like, oh, I can't believe she said that. Like, I can't believe she said, just said that, but it is an elephant in the room where we have got, you know, this health crisis where, you know, we're driving through for coffee, you know, we're not even walking to coffee anymore. And I know lockdown and we can't and things, but it, it's too, it's too easy. It's too accessible. And, you know, like I said, when I, when I'm having a lockdown, I, I grab a kebab because I go back to like something that's yeah. comforting. And think Jenny, you're, you're somebody who, t- who attends a gym regularly. You've got an active job. You're walking around, you're physical with people. Um, you've got a dog that you walk now think, and you're, thir- you know, you're in your mid thirties. Now think there are people who don't do any of those things and the life has become much more easier and when I say easy I mean it's more convenient there's less movement involved now like it's people are only going to get worse and I've heard a lot like and this is my own opinion as well is that next winter it's going to be even worse because people are going to be in a much much worse state they're going to be fatter weaker and also mentally more drained fatigued yeah yeah and I I've like I say, so I've put weight on, but I've always kind of like managed to be one dress size regardless of like what my weight is. Yeah, like um, um, like you've been on a big holiday, you've been to America yeah. for three weeks and you come home, <laughs> that yeah. sort of in and out, yeah. And, you know, but I've, I have always said that if, if there was a point where I'd put on, say, five stone, I honestly don't know if I could lose that. I 
I and I don't haven't had this experience but I believe that I would just put more weight on because I would feel that that would be too much of a hurdle to like come across so I think you feel like you wouldn't have the self-confidence to attempt it yeah because it would be like that's hard like and also people especially like with notifications get on your phone get on your twitter like everyone's like commenting super super fast and I think people just want instant results and that five stone would take quite a while I'm making this up now but you know I would find it it would it would take a very very long time um because that doesn't it doesn't come on that quick um yeah and my point my point being that if if I'm saying that and I'm super honest about I would find it difficult then that is going to be the reality for some people like some people are going to put on lots of weight that they're really going to struggle um to get motivated especially when life is still very sedentary and it's not looking like it's it's not looking like it's getting you know we we're probably still being very optimistic seven eight weeks from gym's opening you know April, May, maybe, maybe. That's really optimistic. And who's going to have, how, how hard is it to go to the gym? Like I've heard this as a trainer loads of times. I'm going to get fit before I come to the gym. Like how hard is it to <laughs> yeah. like, oh God, I'm still fat. I'm still weak. I'm still survive five minutes on the treadmill and I die. So I can't go to the gym. I just don't feel confident enough to go yet. Oh, I'm dreading it because even, um, so one of the dogs walk, walks is, um, like slight incline I can't even be generous to say <laughs> yeah, hill like it's not. but I'm like oh you know when I go back to like ball slams and wall squats and what I don't even know what they're called but like I'm gonna really struggle but yeah. I think the thing that's kind of making me realize is that everyone's gonna like that yeah. everyone's gonna be at the same level um where we're, we're all have gonna been in this funk so I think if people can be accepting of that that yeah everyone's going to struggle now we're all going to have to like reset the the levels that we were up before um and get to where we were and use that as a motivation rather than something to hold us back one thing i've been thinking about um is as an as a downside of this lockdown and this situation is people's loss of respect for themselves and it's probably what i define what we just talked about like for you, like you, like you saying, like oh, if I'd put five stone on, you'd l- have lost respect for yourself and the self-esteem, obviously. But you're like, I'm not worth that anymore. I'm not worth the effort. And I think that if people can just try and hold on to that, they are very important. You're important to your kids, your your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your, your friends. That's probably some like a really good, a really strong anchor to keep you keep you going and keep you like with everything and and, and with yourself and motivated yeah. to, to and get yourself back to where you want to be. And at this time, like where we can't see those people, it, it's almost like we've forgotten. Like I, I'm struggling to remember like, what the hell did I do? Like, what did I do before this? Because like I said, there's this constant fatigue where I would try and think about what my day-to-day would normally be like. And I'm like, how? How did I do all that? Because even going to the supermarket right now seems an effort because I'm in constant fight mode. Like, I'm mm. ready for someone to yeah. want the um, the cereal that I want and then start huffing and puffing because I'm not going fast enough. Like, I'm ready for me to, you know, need to nudge my trolley that way. And Like, I'm constantly in fight mode and not having that release of so I've, I've said about the, the water but like you know I think we get get um like re- energies removed like when we have those negative experiences but then we refill it when we see the family we we go to the gym but there's there's not that anymore um and that's been a a really difficult one um for me mentally where I've had people reach out to me on Instagram um, and this has been quite difficult really where they've said, you know, they just want to give up. They they're considering suicide. If it wasn't for their dogs or for their partners that they wouldn't be here anymore. And, you know, that's, it it doesn't matter. 
all the training that you've had, like trying to respond to someone in a way that you don't know anything about them. So it's not like I can say, oh, well, you really enjoy this. So, you know, do that. And my genuine concern is that I reply. And then a couple of weeks later, someone replies and it's their partner to say that they've passed away. Like that really concerns me. And I think that we're not talking about that side enough where there only seems to be one version of events one story yeah. one thing that's corona acceptable. deaths corona cases cases are up nhs is struggling and we don't really look at i mean even even so the we see suicides have doubled or the highest than, than they've been in decades mental health depressions up doubled um and then you've got to look at the other things as well like we said we said before in a little chat that wealth is linked to health Businesses are being absolutely damaged that we touched on earlier. Um, and there's also like things like cancer diagnosis and treatment that's being put off because of corona regulations, which is absolute madness to me because you've got a 50% chance of dying from cancer. You've got a 99.8 whatever percent of dying from coronavirus if you're under the age of 60. And even smaller than that, like, and even, you know, a higher chance of surviving if you're under 40 or whatever it is. That is madness. Like if you're trying to make, trying to keep people alive and healthy, what are we doing? Yeah, I think... What on earth are we doing? So one of um, one of the biggest learning curves that I had when I, when I was um, with a patient was, it was on my kind of like to-do list that I needed to check a blood sugar. I needed to check a blood sugar. So I was newly qualified and I need to check a blood sugar. Now this lady had um, early stage dementia and she said no. She was sat up in her bed, she was watching TV, I think she got the remote and she said no. But you know what? It was on my to-do list. So I was taking that blood sugar. So I went and got a member of the care team to distract her. So he distracted her on one side and was talking to her and I was on the other side and I took a blood sugar, which if ever you've seen it, you kind of like prick on the finger, quick stab, and then I get the machine and um, attach it and get the blood. And she said, ow! But I'd done it. I'd taken the blood sugar. So I could tick it off my list and I could write it on her notes. And then I was busy. I was really, really busy and we were short-staffed because we're always short-staffed and we're always busy. And then I drove home that day and I really reflected on what I'd just done. That lady said, no, she said no. And if I hadn't become task orientated, if I'd used my clinical judgment and I could be like, right, she sat up, she's had something to eat and drink. She's talking to me. This lady does not appear unwell, but I wasn't able to do that because at that time I was super blinkered into like, it's on my list, it's on my list. And, and you're stopping me from going to my next job because, you know, it's on my list. Yeah. And, you know, people can attack me for that, but I'm sure I'm not the only one to do it. You know, as Kanye West says, I might be the first to admit it. Um, but that was really early in my nursing um, career. And I was completely disgusted with myself because I couldn't believe what I'd done. And I think sometimes we can become very focused, very task orientated, and also be too reliant on a bit of equipment. So I didn't assess her for any ill health. I wanted to know what that number was on the machine. And my concern is that that's kind of what's happening now. I don't work in the hospital. Um, and when I am asking questions, I'm just getting attacked. No one's actually educating me. I'm, I'm open to knowing and um, what the answers are, but that's what I think is possibly happening. We be, we're becoming super focused on this one thing. Um, we're super focused on the result of this test and we're not holistically and clinically using our judgment to assess yeah. on a case by case basis. Yeah. Because if that woman was like flat in bed, like sleepy, non-responsive, you'd be like, I need to check her blood sugar. It's obviously low. She's whatever. But we're not looking, and there's there's a hundred examples that we could say, like you know, and going back to the test, even the World Health Organization have come out and said that the test is highly inaccurate, highly inaccurate, and should be paired with other 
diagnosis methods. So, okay, you could have pricked that woman's finger and a blood sugar level could have said sound, but if she was asleep or like non-responsive or heart rate was really low, then you'd obviously like intervene, wouldn't you? Yeah. But we're testing healthy people who aren't showing symptoms and then we're locking down the country because of it. And then and using those cases to push an agenda. And what what I um, listened to the radio the other day was um, so why can't we why can't we isolate the the vulnerable? Um, and it's like oh that's so impractical. How how is it more practical to isolate the whole country than it is just to isolate the I've vulnerable? I've also heard that that's discriminatory. So if, yes. we, if we if we make the over 70s isolate, it's the discrimination against over 70s. Ang about, we've destroyed the country's economy, economy two or three times over as we're in a depression, not a recession. We're like in a double recession now. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure my gran, who's 93, she's got diet, she had diabetes for years, smokes 40 a day, <laughs> would be like, crack on, Tom. Go well, and do what it. you want. Like, who is asking these people, or are we making decisions? Like, are we making the decisions? Like, is it's like it's, it's, for your, it's like the saying it's for your protection. I don't want protection. I, I live my life with an element of risk anyway. I do CrossFit. <laughs> I've fought in a cage. I've done. I've played sports all my life. I've done all sorts of things that people would deem unsafe. Deem to be unsafe. I knew that. Um, anyway, and I did it anyway. I live, we, there is an element of risk. We could just, we could all walk outside and get wiped out by a UPS bus. There should be an element of risk with life. And it should be, I, I think it should be a choice. I think it should be exactly what you said. Let the vulnerable shield. If you're, if you're worried, stay at home and everybody else should just live their lives. Yeah. And so I went, um, to the circus in the summer so what I think it was after the first lockdown and hadn't been out um tragic story of a 33 year old in in a circus of no children um <laughs> you know and I had my mask on and I was feeling quite uncomfortable because and I've, I've made some notes kind of about you know my concerns about mental health and the long-term impact so I'm there and I'm getting a little bit anxious because I wasn't with my husband who I've been with 24 seven. So from traveling India on my own to being anxious about him not being in the circus with me. Um, and so I'm with my two friends and I'm looking around and it, I, you know, that scene on Batman forever where they, they do the trapeze things and, and then yeah. um, someone shoots them all. Like I had this dread of that happening. Like, I don't know where it came from. So I was trying to get over that. And we'd, um, we'd forgot a ticket. So we were just like kneeling, like I'm quite tall. So I was just like leaning down. So I wasn't in people's way. Um, and I kept on looking behind me to see if I, I was in like the, the zone, like the viewing point of anyone so I could move. And I couldn't see that I was. Um, and then this lady came down and she must've been like at the, behind me at the stairs in the dark where I couldn't see. So she came down the stairs and she pushed me three times. Um, telling me that she couldn't see and in the name of social distancing <laughs> so I was like oh I was so shocked by that because I would never that's not me so then I was like oh god Ames, I can't believe that just happened so I'm kind of like trying to like you know go down even more and then get the tickets and the circus guy tells us where to sit so he pulls these bands off and there are chairs so I sat down a little bit shocked about what just happened with my little mask on. And <laughs> there's one seat between me and this stranger. So I sits down, like ready to talk to Amy and Steve about what just happened. And this woman goes, you're supposed to be two seats apart. And I'm like, what? Like You've just seen the circus man sit me down. You didn't say anything to him. Like, I don't know. So I got a little... I got me a little blue mask and I wriggled into my seat and I fluffed my hair and I put it over my eyes and I just cried at the circus <laughs> because like this is just bananas. Like we are justifying our bad behavior because of COVID or social distancing when actually you're just really rude. Like that's just not acceptable behavior. No. 
it's 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 madness as well. I just think that people are like so willing to want to be seen to be doing the right thing. Yeah. And I think that, that that's so dangerous when it's not even your belief. You're being fed that by BBC. You're being fed what your belief should be by the telly. Yeah. By the news. You've got you've clearly got an agenda to terrify my, people. My um one of my mentors when I was a student, she said, I'm never concerned about the student nurses who ask questions. I'm always concerned about the ones who don't, because mm. the ones that don't are overconfident, like they they think too highly of their own ability. And um, so they just go ahead. And that's where mistakes happen. Um, and I don't think that there's enough questioning at all by anyone. <laughs> no, it's just all being taken as like, yep, yeah, okay, okay. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, in the first the first lockdown in whenever March, and Boris came on Sky and was like, this is what we've got to do. This is coming. This many people are going to die. It was like, okay, let's let's do it. Let's do it. And I wasn't worried. I was just like, okay, it is what it is. We'll do it. And then I started asking questions and I was like, hmm, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. This many people aren't dying. This isn't happening. And I asked questions. I didn't go along. I never watched the news anyway. That was the, the first time I'd watched the news in ages when I watched Me too, that. yeah. And because it was, and the main thing was because it was business affecting and the guy who owns the gym that I that I work at says, this is happening and it's a discussion that we'd had but then I asked questions and it's, I don't know if it's because I've never watched the news I think I got to a point in my early 20s where I was like well this just depresses the shit out of me so I'm never going to watch it again yeah me too. Um, and I've not watched it since um but then when I have conversations with people who are watching the news and who, and who are aware of this narrative um it's like I don't know them anymore it's like they can't think for themselves. And I've had arguments with best friends about it. And I'm like, can you not see what's happening here? And because their lives aren't as affected, because they're still getting 80% from furlough and they hate the jobs and they hate the lives. It's like, yeah. well, I'm not that arsed because I'm still getting paid enough. I don't have to go to work, which I hate. And I've complete, nearly completed Netflix. And it's like, they're just accepting, they're acquiescing to the the madness because it's comfortable for them yeah and I think and our brains are meant to be comfortable like we're not meant to take risks like our if there's any element of risk our brains well, like there's a there's, a, there's definitely it. a massive genetic reward for that risk like if you exercise you play a sport um or you do anything like that you'll know that taking the physical risk breeds gives like a, a feeling like an exhilaration it, it, it leads to a memory or an accomplishment or something that you're proud of or you develop your self-esteem with like that's what you get back from it it's very but it changes that experiment experience doesn't it so it, it becomes less risky then the more reward you get yeah. the more you do it yeah yeah but like the the people who the, the people who like who never you never do anything like that, though. I, I think that they are the real losers in life because they never risked anything and it's just comfortable and it's easy. And it's yeah. just like... I'm yeah. completely impulsive. Like, I've really had my wings clipped this year. You know, I will... I'm not materialistic at all. Like, I wear T-shirts. Like, I've got five of these. Like, I, I'm not materialistic. Yeah. I'm more kind of um, experience-based and I love photographs and I love telling stories. Um, and... You know, like Christmas, my kind of present is like a cheap, easy jet fly, a rubbish hostel, and let's go and have some fun. Yeah, so I really had my wings clipped this year. And you mentioned about um, falling out with people. So I wouldn't say I've fallen out with someone. So one of my nurse friends, um, we, we've just kind of like stopped talking. Like that's safe to stop talking. And um, my best friend... Um, she wanted the vaccine, wants the vaccine. That's fine. No, I would listen to it. I would never, never, never try and put someone off. Like if that's what they want and they've got all the information, I'm more than happy to listen to them. Um, but I don't, I don't want it. And I mentioned that my fears, so my fears weren't the same as hers. I had different ones around COVID and she laughed at me. And I think it was a nervous laugh. I don't think it was a mean laugh. I just think it was like, oh, this is making me feel uncomfortable. Um, and she was like, what? Do you think the whole world are in on it? 
well, I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know. And this was a couple of months ago now. Um, and I think that's a real shame because I'm really not sure whether we'll be able to connect again. And that makes me really sad because it's not about having a difference of opinion. It's about being laughed at for being scared about something that's different than what you're scared of. Um, that's been yeah. my experience with friends. It's like a, def- a def- defining line that's that's been drawn between you, isn't it? Like, I feel this way. Like, you'd be like, from your point of view, you'd be like, okay, Dave, you want the vaccine, not asked, do what you want. Whereas from the other, the other way around, they're like, wow, you don't want it. You don't want that. Like, And they judge you for it. And I, I believe, like, it should always be a personal choice. Taking crack is a, is a personal choice. Doing exercise is a personal choice. Like you, people should be able to do whatever they want to do with their own lives. Yeah. Um, but I think it's dangerous when we get to the point where people have a, have a very strong opinion on what you should be doing with your life when it concerns your own health. It's like, I can't just come up to walk up to people who are overweight in Tesco and say, you need to come to me. You need to come with me to the gym. Can't say that. You know what I mean? And I can bail, I could probably suggest it, but people know that being fat is unhealthy. So it's like the information's there for them. Whereas the information that we have with things like this vaccine is a bit different and it's selected. Censored. Yeah. And that's, you know, even in the, um, I've stopped watching them now, but the, um, like the government announcements, I can't remember when it was, but the, where they had the chart of like all the hospitals and they were like, in, like all in red. And actually, if they'd showed us all the rest of them, like, and we had more context of that, we're not actually doing that bad. And no. I think it was in Cornwall, the last time I read was that one person had died. Um, I'll need to fact check that um, and I'll need to keep it up to date. But my point being is that we've closed a whole country down for for something that we allegedly don't know anything about right now, a year on. So we don't know about the transmissibility, um, how transmissible the new variant is. We don't know about the new variant. We don't know about the vaccine. Um, We don't know how the sports stars are staying alive, (laughs) but people can't go to the gym. We don't Um, know how the TV presenters' head is. I don't know about, I mean, we work hard in the gym and we get sweaty and everything like that, but I've never sliding tackled anyone in the gym. Oh, oh, oh. Or rugby, t- do you know what I mean? I've never, I've never hugged loads of people and celebrated in the gym. As long it's, as you're socially distanced for national anthem. It's just a, a oh, what a load of shite! It's an absolute load of shite. It's yeah. a, a sport is just like something to keep us gawping at the telly. It's just a distraction. Yeah, um, and it's like the gladiators. The Romans knew it too. <laughs> keep the what? what is, have you seen? Have you seen Gladiator? Um, win, win the crowd yeah. and you win your freedom like it's just like it's just like keep the mob happy isn't it like keep them distracted keep us busy watching shit that isn't important when really what's important is turning off the telly getting fit getting healthy um connecting with people and living your life as as best as 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 you want to as you want to not even as best as it could not even ideally live it how you want to live it and I think that that's what's really been taken from us in this in this lockdown situation: the freedom of choice, the freedom to live life how we want, um, and the the freedom of taking a risk. And if you ask any questions, you're a conspiracy theorist. Like yeah. that's it. Just like I'll tie you with that brush. I'm not going to listen to what you yeah. say because by putting you in that box, it makes me feel yeah. safe. Oh, it's um, like you know, you know, I've got um, I've got friends who are nurses who were terrified to speak out. Um, but I do know a few things, like I've heard a few things from him, like one of one of them the, uh, the other day told me that um, the friend had the vaccine and got Bell's palsy. And that's like, a, that's like someone, like 100% facts, they've seen someone get Bell's palsy within two or three hours of having the vaccine. And I've, I've seen that, I've heard that quite a lot. Obviously it's just getting whack-a-mole from the internet, um, but people are, there's side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that 50% of this woman's um, friends who are nurses have all refused the vaccine, which is obviously, again, like something that's not put in the media. Um, it's not common knowledge. 
Everybody thinks that if you work for the NHS, you have to have it or you can't work. That is literally what people think. Even people who work there, they believe that. And it's like a, I don't know if it's like a bully mentality sort of thing, a bully culture. Um, but well, it's, it's the, if you think about, um, I don't know if you've seen the minutes from this, one of the SAGE meetings where they were talking about coercion, persuasion and emotional yes, uh, messaging. Yes, yeah. So it's just like, it's that, isn't it? And I think, so I've done a post on Instagram about um, who gets the gold star. Is it the child that asks the questions or is it the child that knows the answers? And it's the child that knows the answers. And I think it's almost like trained out of us that if we ask questions, we become the problem. Yeah, because they don't want that. They don't want, and I say they, and it sounds very conspiracy theorist, doesn't it? To be like the, the, the bad guys, yeah, the mwahaha guys. <laughs> but it's just anything that, that speaks out against the narrative, the government, the media narrative, what Boris Johnson's pushing when he comes on and he's apologising that people have died. People die. The, yeah, but, as, but as far as we can see, like as far as we know from the official online statistics, national statistics, the deaths aren't there. No. I mean, I've... I've been in many shitty relationships and I have been extremely manipulated um, over the years. So because I've done a lot of work on myself, um, had counselling and would highly recommend um, dipping your toe into that if you need some support. Um, I use a lot of complimentary therapies, massage, and I think that's really important. Um, So I've done a lot of work on myself and this to me just strikes me as manipulation. Um, they're not giving us a context or perspective. So they're not, they're not letting us know um, what the average death rate is. They're just letting us know. And because we're a nation where we don't really talk about death, it, it's shocking. Um, and I don't know whether you saw the, um, Matt Hancock did a interview and he was like, don't go out this weekend, this weekend, don't go out this week. He was out. Stay in, stay in. <laughs> and then Kelsa Priest. He's spotted this weekend, um, not wearing a mask. And he walks past this woman, um, I think it was a female, who's like got the, um, the phone. And she says, um, it might be a male, but I'm sure it's a woman. Um, oh, you're dirty or something like that. I'm playing rugby. And then he walks back just to make sure he's been on camera. Now, you're telling me a part full of people, that is the only thing that you're going to say to Matt Hancock. I don't believe it. But anyway, let's put that aside. So then he's telling us to stay in this weekend. This weekend he's spotted out with no mask. And then the following week he's pinged positive, track and trace. He's been in the area. So he has to self-isolate. That to me screams staged. (laughs) Like if he didn't want that picture in the news, it wouldn't be in the news. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few things that look like the staged um, and scripted. Just watch the news. Everybody, you know, every time it pops up, this many deaths, and then underneath in little writing, 28 days following a positive test, which means absolutely nothing. I know people who have died, who are in their 80s, 90s, who've died of diabetes, old age, pneumonia, and it's all put down to COVID deaths. I've had people in the NHS tell me that they don't have to perform an autopsy if they put it down as a COVID death. That's that's not me saying that. That is this this is what I've been told from NHS professionals, paramedics, doctors, nurses. And from a, um, a friend whose mum died of diabetes, but put down as COVID, he was 84. They got... they. If they put COVID down as the death, they would get a body back in three days. If they didn't, they wouldn't get the body for two weeks. That's twisting someone's arm, isn't it? That, you've got the Well, what would you do if it was your mum and you were heartbroken? Yeah. You know, and it's easy, isn't it? It's an easy win. And I don't, this isn't me making this up. This is what I've been told by friends and, and, and HS professionals who I know. Um, it's it's not was- good, though. It's, it's not good. And it's... It's, it's, we definitely live in a crazy time. And I do think that in years, 50, 100 years, 200 years, we will look back on this as a very, very odd time, dark time in history. Yeah, I keep on saying to Rob, like, oh my God, I can't wait to read this inquest. 
Like, I, I can't wait to read the history books. In fact, I said that today on the way here. Like, I, I cannot wait till we are looking back on this because living in it is the strangest thing. Like, I forget sometimes and then I remember and it's like, oh. When you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm living in this. You know, like when you... When you when you forget that like you've had an argument with your partner or you've done something <laughs> shit at work and then you wake up in the morning and you're like oh fuck it wasn't a bad dream it was really um, yeah. but yeah and, and you know like to sound even more like a conspiracy fucking theorist um who writes history what will history say like will history say what what's happening now or will it be like an embellished um glossed over version where you know 500,000 people all died from this respiratory illness and it was like the t-virus from resident evil and people were in the streets there were bodies everywhere you know like it was like china people dying at the steering wheel and slamming into lampposts and and such but we don't know we we don't know what it's going to be like i really do hope that um this sort of this chat gets people thinking it's not meant to attack anyone we we, you know, you and I both massively appreciate the healthcare service. We want, I would love to get to a point where as a, as a personal trainer, as a coach, as a CrossFit coach, as a fitness professional, I could work with these people because if we worked together, we could prevent so many people going into hospital for preventable things. Um, I hope it gets people thinking. I hope it makes people look at themselves as well and start to love themselves like start looking at yourself respect have you got any if not start building some start earning some because you are worth more than you think absolutely and I think um you know having to introduce yourself now so when you have discussions like this you know having to introduce yourself is I'm not an anti-vaxxer I'm not a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I do care about old people. Yeah. And I every feel death like is tragic, list... but <laughs> yeah, I feel the list is getting longer of why I need to justify why I'm asking questions. Um, and I think that yeah, it would be really interesting. You know, what happens? What happens after this? Um, there's the announcement on the 22nd, so in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and you know, you were saying about history then if you go into a high school um, in the UK and they're talking about the world wars, but then you go to, um, I don't know what they're called, but the high school in America and talk about the world wars, you will get a different story. Mm, Um, And I think, yeah, it's really interesting about what, how accurate will it be based on our lived experience? Yeah. I really, really appreciate your time, Jenna. Um, Let's definitely, definitely do this again. Um, it'd probably be a really good idea to do it after the announcement on the 22nd, see where we're at. Yes, um, yes. Thank you very much. Uh, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks for listening, yes. guys.